Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Watchlist Burn Book. Woo! We've got a Christmas slash holiday episode for you today, which is really exciting. Um, and our movie of choice is Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, which is um, an experience. I I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's the best way to describe it initially. It's an experience. Yeah, I think that encompasses encompasses all of our feelings pretty well so <laughs> uh, so we first would like to just start by talking about holiday movies in general um i don't know we could start by discussing our faves do you have any favorite holiday movies jackie yes <sighs> i think my top fave is the grinch mm, good choice yeah it is so beautifully done like the Jim Carrey version and the Jim Carrey version only the newer version is <laughs> irrelevant and does not matter um it's just it's so good it's technically beautiful it's like one of the funniest things I've, I've probably ever seen so good I would I would second that I think it's hilarious I would say mine is um I don't know I haven't seen very many in a long time, but growing up, I really liked Elf. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I think I will still, like, <laughs> get down to watch Elf. Like, yeah. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not that much into Will Ferrell anymore, but I think, I don't know, there was something about it at the time um, that I really like in while Zoe Deschanel is meh, uh, Peter Dinklage is in it, which is great. <laughs> Icon Peter Dinklage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you a older classic Christmas movie fan or do you prefer the newer ones? Uh, I don't know. I think kind of older ones. I Christmas movies were never particularly my thing growing up. So I think I just kind of watched whatever my family was into and then I just kind of got into it because of that or like my mom took me to the theater so like a lot of stuff was older for me mm -hmm. I haven't seen a lot of new this is like this movie itself is I think one of the newer movies that I've seen in a while Mm-hmm. yeah it's for me it's this one and the Christmas Prince I think is the one <laughs> that Netflix put out a couple years back it actually slaps. It's really good. I've heard good things. Yeah. Definitely add it to your list. It's like a better version of the classic Hallmark Christmas movies. So good stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'll start a holiday movie thing around this season because I've never really done that before. But it would be fun because, yeah, I don't know. I think there's something about holiday movies, Christmas movies, that even if you don't celebrate the holiday, they can still be a fun just experience to watch because the stories are always really entertaining. Mm -hmm. They're positive and there's like a sense of nostalgia to them. Yeah. That makes me feel all warm and fuzzy like you should during the holidays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I know like Christmas and other holidays, um, just like festive things in general can be really hard for a lot of people for a myriad of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so it can be cool to watch 
a movie that isn't necessarily like the best written movie in the world because it's not created for that purpose. Like it's created to make somebody feel good after they watch it. And I feel like that's what Christmas movies do, Mm -hmm. which is why they have such a huge just fan base and just people who love them because they make you feel real good after you finish watching them and while you watch them. Mm Mm-hmm. Which honestly is why I would rank Christmas in the Square amongst like all of my favorite Christmas movies. It probably wouldn't be in my top five, but it's definitely maybe like six. Just because Mm. even though it is so cheesy and campy, it still made me feel so good when I finished watching it. Yeah, I'd put it. Hmm, I would put it. I'd put it there. Like this is something that I I would watch again. Uh huh. So for those of you who do not know, Christmas in the Square is Dolly Parton's baby, which means (laughs) it is a musical. (laughs) And it, it definitely is very reminiscent of the movie musical plague of 2016 through 2018, i.e. Grease Live, Rent Live, The Sound of Music Live. Oh my god. Hairspray Live. It didn't end. The Wiz live. It really didn't end. It never ended. But I I can very confidently say that Christmas in the Square is 200 times better than all of those probably combined. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. I think, I genuinely think it's because it's directed by Debbie Allen. Yes. Debbie Allen being a part of this project took it Uh so far. (laughs) Like I, because when you go, okay, so the movie is not advertised as a movie musical, but you should infer (laughs) if you look at the credits, which I did not, uh, directed by Debbie Allen probably means there's going to be a shit ton of dance, which means somebody's singing something. And from start to finish, <laughs> there was music, there was dancing. Um, and because it wasn't a live show, or I actually don't know how they recorded it. So they could have been recording live. Who knows? Um, but yeah, because it wasn't like a live TV program. I don't know. I was more into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so I did a little bit of, like, research because I could never, like, I couldn't remember who was in charge of all of those live musicals that plagued us. Um, but the the kicker is that, like, they're all directed, they're not even, like, all directed by big Broadway people. They're just directed by people who are used to, like, putting on gigantic shows with huge budgets. Mm. And just making it like super showy. And I think that definitely is one of the reasons why all of those musicals were kind of rough on my soul, but probably everyone's soul. Mm -hmm. And um, because Debbie Allen and especially Dolly Parton were in charge of this, I think it, it makes it feel a lot cozier and a lot homier because there's, there's not that need to go over the top. Yeah. To like impress 
a huge audience base and then also like bring in all of those views that like keep the you know keep the networks going and happy and everybody paid etc 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 so um like i think because of that and because it feels so homey is why it's so much better Mm -hmm. they like definitely stick with that small town-ness that they're trying to go for and that's so important to like the plot yeah i feel like another reason why this works and why movie musicals work in general i think as a more as opposed to just doing like a live recorded version of a state it it can be different and obviously it changes based on who's doing what but i feel like with movies a lot of the time you can get away with casting a bunch of people that people don't know Mm -hmm. and like sticking them into a movie and people will watch it because you know it's a film you watch movies with people that you don't know all the time but when you have like live television programming that you need like viewership for like stuff like that it was important to cast names that would draw viewers in but mm-hmm. that didn't always then correlate to the content that we're getting mm-hmm. um because it's more focused on making sure that we see these very famous people that we all know um doing this show as opposed to, yeah, somebody just putting on the piece of art. Um, and I liked that this really just felt like something that a bunch of people got into a room and were like, okay, I want, I have a very specific vision. This is how we're going to create this. Um, and it was like, yeah, born into something. Like it really felt like somebody's baby. Mm-hmm. Which is why yeah. it's so good. Like yeah. that's the whole. That's what we all love about Christmas movies, which is what we were saying. Like yeah. the fact that it does feel personal and homey, and like on top of on top of like the big name casting and like that pressure. Um, I don't know. I like that they were able to cast in like talented icons whom we love in this but like it it, it, they 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 still casted like a very wide array of talent and then everybody was everybody who was cast was like built for musicals which i think was also important and that's something that didn't necessarily happen in all of those live musicals um because like you said because of like the viewership stuff so i think that attention to detail and like the strengths of their cast um also made it like five thousand times better (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um i don't know i was just thinking about how this this technically isn't that different from like a lot of the live musicals in that it was or it is a there is a stage play uh-huh. <laughs> called Christmas on the Square that then was adapted into a teleplay that was then music and uh, lyrics were then written by Dolly Parton for. So, you know, this is kind of that. It was just turned into a film and we didn't watch it on like live TV programming. So like, it's actually not that far from all the shit we've been watching for years but like 
we've said before yeah you it was just cast better like yeah <laughs> and it wasn't always cast you know like there were some casting choices that i was like but uh you know it's still like i went into this being like okay <laughs> i could see the vision for all of these people and i feel like it was fulfilled like all of the mm-hmm. characters felt very like like i knew <laughs> like yep it was you you were the one that they were waiting for when yeah. you walked into the room and that was cool to see mm-hmm. it felt like a real like i liked that the the way that the per town the per town the town was portrayed wow i just mixing words together (laughs) like the way that the town was portrayed is this like you know random compilation of people which was the cast (laughs) because i feel like it worked really well like there are all these random ass people from all different kinds of projects who were joined for this like really bizarre brainchild of dolly parton and i feel like that's fun and chaotic Mm mm-hmm and campy yeah exactly super campy that's what makes it good (laughs) (laughs) okay so for our next segment um we're gonna drag the movie a little bit (laughs) just to talk about the writing um because god what was happening sometimes i really I, I have no words. I, I can't tell you anything. <laughs> okay, look. I understand that people have to, like, speak, sing sometimes, but, like... Christine Bransky was the only one who could do it. Yeah. <laughs> and she did it fan... Like, she was perfect at it. And... And everyone else, I, I really don't know if it was a sound editing problem or if... Or, or what. But it just... It, it, it didn't hit. It didn't hit. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times in musicals, when they try to make people talk outside of singing, it's just weird. Like, it feels weird because you've established, like, okay, in this version of reality, people sing to communicate. So you're like, got it. And then they start talking and you're like, but the music's still happening. But you're singing, but you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, yeah, it was, it was sometimes it was not it it for me i wish that some people would just sing their lines Mm. and i i i think there was so much like speak singing i guess um because like because it was all the songs were written by dolly parton and when you listen to all of the songs they are written like things that dolly parton could perform but like not everybody in the cast could always perform yes and i kind of felt that through the whole thing but it really hit me at the end when christine bransky was singing in the church and she had to do all those little runs that dolly parton can do really well and it sounds beautiful when dolly parton does them but then like christine bransky was kind of struggling but she made it work because she's talented and that's who she is yeah um so yeah it it all felt it was just very it was just written for dolly parton and like she could do it 
but like not everybody else in the cast could always do it. And I wish there was just a little bit more adapting in there. Yeah, that's how I felt about some of the music too, was I I could, you, you can tell, like mm-hmm. she had her hand all in that music. And while it's, it's real cool to have a signature, I do agree, like it can be hard for other performers to, to do that. Cause that's just not, like everybody knows Dolly Parton, you know, not everybody can do Dolly Parton. And that's just because she is herself. Like, I don't want to keep saying because she's Dolly Parton, but like, how else do you describe her? Yeah, that's who she's, that's who she <laughs> is. And it's been who she is for like years, decades, centuries. Yeah. So I think, I, I think, yeah, some of the, some of the songs I was like, can y'all just let her sing it? Or, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and I wish I knew the name so I could like say specific songs. I will say, um, I think it was, was it Matthew Johnson? I don't know. I don't know who that little baby's father was. Um, that that poor girl that got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> for the plot um and he had that song about being a father in the hospital yeah matthew johnson that's yes him. he did knock that out of the park i thought he was amazing <laughs> the whole movie i was like yep you please sing <laughs> there are some people that i was like mm, stop uh <laughs> like some of the random townspeople i was like yeah you don't really gotta sing like that scene in the church um the Wickedest Witch of the Middle, that song. Whew. That was a lot. That, yeah, that is one that should have just been left for Dolly Parton. I don't know. Yeah, I think there were just like some character moments that felt a little forced, mm-hmm. I would say, because we knew it was somebody trying to sing a Dolly Parton song. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that's all on the writer maria schlatter is that mm-hmm. her name yeah that's i think it's a little on her just because she did specifically want to collab with dolly parton for this and then she specifically wanted everything to kind of sound like that so um i don't know i mean if that's if that's her vision then pop off girl i'll let you i'll let you do it but mm-hmm. um I don't know. I wish there was like a little bit of a workshop time on this before it went immediately to Netflix home video. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I definitely uh, had several questions about how the movie simultaneously like has plot progression and doesn't. Yes. Like things are happening, but they're not. For a long time. (laughs) Yeah, it like took 40 minutes for things to start happening. And then somehow everything started happening. But then nothing happened. Yeah, it's like baby Violet had to almost die um, for the whole like Regina needs to change thing to like really kickstart. And I was like, do we need like... I know there's usually something tragic or traumatic that happens in, you know, any kind of feel good movie. But I was like, do we, 
Do we need like a car accident on Christmas Eve? I love so much. I wish, I, I wish like it was written so it didn't look like Dolly Parton nearly killed two people in order for Christina Baranski to like, <laughs> like Christmas. <laughs> Cause she did. She nearly killed Christine Baranski and then yep. she nearly killed that baby. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if that's what it takes, then so be it. But it just, it came out of nowhere for me, that accident. In which, like, yes, car accidents do come out of nowhere. But I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. First of all, I thought she had a brain tumor. And we were like, we don't know. Well, we don't know for a while. But, like, we're, we're worried, like, okay, Regina's going to die. And, like, this is what's going to make her change. Because she realizes, like, how little time she has left. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. <laughs> you know, I really, I really thought that scene in the bar was going to do it for Regina. I did too. Um, and I was content with that. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing that tiny child talk about how her father thinks that Regina killed her mother was like enough. That was enough for me. I think that was enough for everybody in the cast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And like that was, there was a, such a great moment after when the, when Violet is like, you know, I don't even blame the wicked witch i blame me and mm-hmm. and and um sorry i was gonna call her violet but regina's like no 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 and i was like yes mm-hmm. so good amazing and she went and sang a whole song about how like yeah maybe they are right about all of the things that i'm doing and you know how shitty i've been and impacting people's lives and then you just pretend like that didn't happen right (laughs) the next day and it's like she's a little nicer right but that's kind of it it just yeah i don't know i just i felt like she already cared enough about violet she didn't need the accident to like push her yeah and for for a hot second i was here thinking that like the whole reason why violet has her incident is to like actually bring the town back to Regina, you know, but I don't, I don't know. It makes me wonder that if like, I know Regina probably would have like eventually come around to, um, you know, forgiving her father and finding ye old Bible and then discovering that the pastor (laughs) is her son. Sorry for the spoilers, but, um, It's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I It makes me wonder how important it was for the town to actually come back to her before she fully came back to them. Yeah. I guess is the, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Cause I don't know. Like even, even though like everybody's rallying around Violet trying to get better. And then like Regina eventually like flies in that pediatric surgeon. Yes. No. Yeah. I think so. And like eventually word gets around and people like kind of lighten up towards her. But I don't I don't know. I don't know. Would it be so big of a jump for everybody to finally forgive her after she's like, yeah, sorry, um, pastor's my son and I'm not evicting anybody. XOXO Gossip Girl. Yeah, I agree. I see. That's the thing. It's like. I liked that addition to the story but at the same time I was like okay but they forgived her 
<clears throat> forgave her, sorry, so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just like, I was adopted. I'm at my birth mom today. Plot twist, it's the woman y'all all hate. <laughs> Meet my mom, yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the Christmas service. <laughs> I was just like, wait, 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 wait. We, okay, we went from y'all literally like attacking this woman mm-hmm. and, 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 and saying, eat the rich to her face, basically. And then transitioning to, we love you, girl, because you gave birth to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you gave birth to the pastor that we love, so we love you now. I was like, I have a, a question <laughs> or two. <laughs> yeah. So, like, even though they there was there was no progression, there was just that real big leap at the end. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I think, like, there were just moments here and there. I don't think the whole thing needs to be reworked, but just, like, moments here and there were, I wouldn't say inconsistencies, but just, like, little holes, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I I really wanted to know a lot more about that town. The name of it is really slipping my mind. I know it starts with an F. Um. Ooh, I can't remember. But I, I really was like, I have a lot of questions about how long it's existed. I guess how bit like. Yeah, I don't know. I had a lot, of, a lot of town questions, especially because her dad was the founder, and I feel like we didn't actually get that much lore. Yeah. I wish I knew a little bit more about her father. Fullerville. That's what it's called. Fullerville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I really did like the pieces that we got of like the town lore and, um, you know, Jennifer Lewis being not only the mayor, but like the first woman to own a business out there. Like that's pretty mm-hmm. poppin'. That was cool to know. Um, but we we really didn't know anything about her father and therefore we didn't really know anything about her except for her hashtag teenage pregnancy crisis mm-hmm. um which i know like wasn't we we didn't really have to know that much about her father in order to like watch her get her go on her journey of like f- f- going through her trauma and like forgiving him etc but yeah, I, I wish there was a little bit more there. I agree. Like, I know we aren't watching this for, like, the deep historic lore of, like, this tiny, <laughs> this <laughs> tiny, like, Midwestern town. Um, but I, yeah, I wish there was, like, a little bit more depth in those dynamics. All right. So now on to something that I'm excited to talk about. Casting. Yeah. Yeah. Get into it. Let's kick it off with the pastor. <laughs> Josh. Josh Sagara. Thoughts. You know, I I go back and forth because I feel okay, he sang really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um and I had I've only seen I don't think I've seen him in a lot of things. Like I, I've seen his face, I know, and I know that he's an arrow. Um, he's in Sirens. 
he's on Chicago PD. Like he's been on things. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like to me, he felt or looked like he was like too edgy yeah. to be a pastor. Yeah. I see him and I just see sexy dumb Billy from Sirens. Yeah. And like even in the way he speaks too, it's just, it's it's like slow and kind of sultry and then kind of edgy, which doesn't, I don't know if that works for pastor Christian of ye old Midwest tiny town, but, but I don't know. Like he, I still feel like he did really well in the role. I just wish he yeah. sounded a little different, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like he, because he acted like, he was super wholesome. He was kind, you know, compassionate. All the things that you expect from a portrayal of a pastor. Um, like, he, he checked all of those boxes. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because of... It, it can be hard sometimes when you've seen an actor do, like, specific stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they transition into something completely different. And you're like, that... I'm having a hard time reconciling you with this, even though you should be able to do like a multitude of things and not be typecast as the super like edgelord. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. This did kind of solidify how good he is, like in my brain, like how good of an actor he is. Cause mm-hmm. like he did always get typecast as those things, but he did a good job. And like now seeing him in something that's like the complete opposite and him still doing a good job and like being a great singer too, which is something I didn't know. So like knowing he's as well-rounded as he is gives him, gives him some bonus points in my book. Yeah. I would, I would say that too. And he is a good singer. I was like, I was a little shook. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Pastor, you better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, from the second he opened his mouth, it's like, angels. It was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is on theme, you know? And a movie about angels and Dolly Parton sounding like an <laughs> angel is important. <laughs> um, these two aren't necessarily like a problem. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> They really needed to, I don't even know, but <laughs> wait, wait, what are their names? Um, Randy and Mac, they don't say their names. No, not Mac. Mac's the dad. Mm-hmm. Andy. Randy and Andy. Not them making their names a rhyme. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I call them the two hair salon gays. Um because that's that's how we first meet them. We meet them in Jennifer Lewis's hair salon, um, and their whole role is just to make quips. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, you had me. Yeah, it was it was an interesting way to get some diversity points in that area. Yeah. Um... I mean, I do like that they did have voguing in there because I do love seeing voguing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe they could have had some better one-liners or maybe I don't know. Yes, that was know. that was the thing. It was like I loved that. I loved the hair salon scene when mm-hmm. we first see them. 
and I liked, I loved, I loved their dancing. Yeah, it was just, I think it was just their lines for me that I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. That was that was a a bit of a rough area. It's just, yeah, I I'm all for campy things. I love, I love campy things. I just, I think that, and this goes for a lot of characters, not just the two visibly gay characters in the movie, but just stereotypes sometimes I feel like can really get in your way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. That was one part of the movie that I was like, okay. Which is, which is like a little weird because like this is a movie built up of like gay icons. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just a little odd that that was handled in the way that it was. And they also just sometimes weren't funny. Yeah. So that was that too. Yeah. Um, oh, something, something I did like was that there was a plus size on Janue. Yes. Which never happens. Ever. Ever. Unless that's the point of the movie. Exactly. Like, oh, we're going to show you that fat girls can get love too. That's the movie. Like, no. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really nice to not see a skinny person as a love interest. Mm -hmm. And then also have like that intense storyline of her own. That's like not based on her size, you know? Yeah. Yeah, them trying to figure out, you know, can we have kids? Which Mm -hmm. is a really tough thing for a lot of couples who decide to have children, you know, not, it's not as easy as it can seem. Um, And so I really liked that that was a story that we got, especially in such a campy movie, because sometimes people think that camp means that you can't have like anything serious, Mm -hmm. which isn't true. and I liked that this movie really kind of circumvented that. Like it was, we found out pretty early on that they were struggling to conceive. Mm-hmm. And it was like a conversation that they talked about repeatedly. And it was a really good song too. It was yeah. like the second song in the movie. It was lovely. All of their songs were really nice. <laughs> I just, I really liked them as a couple. I will say they had very good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing the two of them together. And then their scenes together were just so, they were just so good. That's all, yeah. I, that's all I can say. Mary Lane Haskell, you did real good. You were real cute. <laughs> One of the like, MVPs. I really, really liked, I think, was Jenna the pastor's wife my favorite? I think she might have been. Mm-hmm. I think it was between her and Jennifer Lewis, who's the best, the best thing to happen to this movie. <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my god. Fantastic. Show stopping. Never before seen. <laughs> god, her song, um, The Queen of Mean, I think that was what it was called. Yes. God, it was so good. And she fucked up Christine Bransky's hair and just left her like that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was bald. <laughs> I was bald. And she, then she, do your own damn hair. <laughs> and then she like turned around and took us to church. I was like, yes. Okay, Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. She was so good. Mm-hmm. I just, oh. Thank you, whoever cast her. 
I really thank you. Um, and also thank you for casting Christine Baranski uh, because I love her too. Mm-hmm. And she really, she ate this script. She did. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, she ate it. She like really made this feel like an actual script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah. is, sounds really bad, but like, but she did. She just, oh, she always delivers in musicals. She always delivers. I mean, she delivers in just about everything she does, but yeah. She was always my favorite in Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. I was very excited to see her in this film. <laughs> okay. So for our next segment, um, some shots are going to get fired. <laughs> we have a hit list. Uh <laughs> I just okay 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 <laughs> it wouldn't bother me as much if she were literally not the first thing that you see <laughs> when the movie starts but whoever whoever edited Dolly Parton into that shot <laughs> and it's mostly just the shots when she's like disguised as a homeless person that I really had an issue with, but whoever edited her into those shots, please. It, I need to talk to you. It, it looks like she's in front of a green screen, but I know she's not in front of a green screen. Or at least yes. I hope she's not in front of a green screen. <laughs> Which is so weird because when she comes in as the angel at the end, like, like her little Christmas tree topper, like she mm-hmm. looks good. Like, that's actually done really well. Yeah. Like, I don't know how it didn't deliver to when she was also, like, a homeless person at the beginning. You know? Like, what? How? You know, I feel like they tried to add, like, because she's an angel. And, like, yes, we get that. Like, and we figure it out throughout the movie. You don't need to add, like, a halo. (laughs) Mm-hmm. to her disguise mm-hmm. because it just looks like she should not be gleaming and just like blinding people with like the rays that are like coming out of her skin <laughs> <laughs> if she's trying to disguise herself <laughs> as a regular human you know like yeah yeah it kind of like on that note, like even if I saw like someone who vaguely resembles Dolly Parton out there who was like glowing in the way that she was glowing, um, I would A, probably give her my wallet and like B, <laughs> figure out my life immediately, you know? So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, the goal was, but you're still on our hit list. <laughs> it was so jarring. I'm sorry. It just, mm-hmm. ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with that, some of the sound mixing sometimes. Yeah, it just, uh, I wish it was a little bit neater between like the speaking your lines during the songs and then going back to singing because there was a very jarring difference between, you know, the volume of people speaking their lines and then the volume of people singing with their background music um for everyone except for christine baranski i would i would say the only times where it really worked is the big group numbers Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But in those solos, oh my God, anytime Treat Williams stopped singing <gasps> to talk, I was like, please, just pick one in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was enough to make me skip him. Sorry, sorry, Treat Williams. <laughs> I had to skip him. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm not ashamed. That's hilarious. <laughs> and um, rounding out the end of our hit list, we have whoever filed Christine Baranski's wig. Oh my god. I hated that wig. It was, it was rough. It was a little rough. And I, you know, I wasn't even particularly fond of the wig that she had in Mamma Mia. But at least it wasn't like, at least the bangs were like <laughs> proportional to the rest of how her hair was cropped. But like she had that like tiny half bang and then also super cropped. Like it was just, I don't know if it was the style, the color, both. It. It definitely looked like she was a, a mean landlord from Middle America. Yes. So I don't. I don't know. Does it also look like she just recently came back from her like successful life in New York to ruin people's lives? Not exactly. No. So you win some, you lose some. I guess same same hairstyle, but different color, and perhaps yeah. Yeah, just a little, just a little less mousy. Yes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it just, mm She's, she's, she's had better mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. And I wanted better. Yeah. Big time. Sorry, Christine. <laughs> we love you, though. All right, we have arrived to the moment that you have all been waiting for the michelin stars so for those of you who do not know the michelin stars are a rating system given out by the michelin tire company to chefs who are able to defeat the michelin tire man in hand-to-hand combat One star signifies a very good restaurant two stars are excellent cooking that is worth a detour and three stars means exceptional cuisine that is worth a special journey so we have decided to give dolly parton's christmas on the square a one (laughs) yeah yeah okay so like (laughs) is it good yes but, like, also no. <laughs> it, it really is, like, one of the greatest movies of all time and also one of the worst movies all, of all time. But it's, like, not, it's not so bad it's good. It's just really enjoyable, even yes. though it's not the best made movie. Yes. Like, initially, when I first started watching it, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And then it turned into, what the fuck am I watching? But, like, gleeful, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on, and I'm okay with that. But it took a minute. Mm -hmm. 
I I wanted to probably shoot myself in the face the whole time until we got to the <laughs> bar scene, and then I loved it. So it's it's one of those that you gotta be in the a specific mood to watch it. You gotta want to stick with it, I guess is the best way to put it. And then if you do, then it's definitely worthwhile. But if you do not like cheesy, campy musicals, then don't go anywhere near it. Yeah, or if you're just not in a mood, you know? Because, like, sometimes you're just not in a mood to watch something that's, like, lighthearted. I have days like that. Don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> or if you, like, my first viewing, we're sleep-deprived. Don't watch it. (laughs) I bet that was a time and a half. I was very confused. Um, And I didn't retain a lot, so I had to watch it again. So, um, (laughs) yeah, it's... It's not long, um, so I'm not going to say, like, it's something that you need to take your time with, but, like... Yeah, I wouldn't go into this expecting it to be, like, something that's going to knock you completely off of your feet, mm-hmm. you know, with how incredible it is. It's not that type of thing. Like, it just isn't. Mm-mm. But it's still a fun time. Yeah, like, I'm definitely probably, definitely probably going to make my cousins watch this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna, definitely going to sit down and watch this with my sister, so... It's it's worth it. It's worth it if you want to put in the time. But it's definitely not the Christmas movie for everybody. Yeah. And if you don't like it, like, th- that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault anyone if they came away from this and were like, no. Yeah. You gotta because wade through a lot in order y- to like it. Yes. There's a lot. <laughs> and I do feel like you kind of do have to be a little predisposed to either liking Christmas movies or liking musicals. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this isn't something that I would make my dad watch with me. You know? Mm-mm. But somebody else who, like, I've made sit down and, like, sing through a movie with me, you know? Like, yeah, I'd put this on. Yeah, it'd be a fun time. Just, you gotta know your audience. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're listening and to follow us on our socials at the watchlist BU1 on Twitter and Instagram. If you have thoughts on this episode that you'd like to share or if you hated everything we said, be sure to drop us a voice message on our website. On our next episode, we will be covering Breaking Bad Season 4, which is available to watch on Netflix. Happy watching, and don't forget to do the reading.